Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the Two Paths Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Marcy. So excited to have you with me today. Thank you for joining. We are on episode nine today, and this is actually part three of a four-part series called Running the Race of Life, Four Lessons I Learned from Running a Marathon. So if you've missed uh, episode seven and eight, you want to go back and catch those as it's part one and part two of Running the Race of Life. Today we're on step three, the third lesson I've learned from running a marathon. And this is a tough one, and as I've shared in the first two lessons, each one, in my opinion, gets progressively harder for us to do. And I think uh, that's especially true for step number three. So number three, are you ready for it? Here we go. The third step in running the race of life is to commit. This, in my opinion, is where many of us will fall short. I mean, seriously, all we have to do is look at how many times did we go to the gym in January of last year and how many were still going by, say, March or even April. As a matter of fact, how many of your New Year's resolutions for 2022 have you already broken? Commitment is a tough part of life. Some people would rather live with another person, but they're terrified to get married to that person. I'd like to think it's because they have a healthy understanding of what commitment is, but in reality, I believe it's quite the opposite. Commitment is definitely one of those words that uh, has a negative connotation, and somewhat rightly so, when we look at the original... um, Uh, orientation um, of where it even came from and the origin of where it came from. So it was a Latin term that meant to join or to entrust. But in the medieval Latin days, it meant put into custody. And so unfortunately, I I think uh, too many people still hang on to that as their definition of commit. So they put this negative connotation to it. When honestly, before it was even considered Um, to put into custody, it just meant to join together. And so it's easier, I think, for us as mankind to find the negative things in life, uh, to go to the most negative thought rather than searching for the positive and finding the good in things. So I'll tell you, for me, when it comes to running a marathon, The easiest method for me to commit, and it might sound silly, but but it's true, the easiest way for me to commit to running a marathon is to register for it. Once I fill out the registration form and I pay my money, there's no getting out of it. Not unless I have a broken bone or I'm in the hospital or somebody in my family is sick or something happened to somebody in my family and there's a major issue. Other than that, nothing will stop me at that point. I I remember some races, um, one marathon in particular, where it was extreme chaos. It was about three hours away. 
originally I thought it was only two hours away, so I totally mistimed it, loaded my wife and kids up, realized we were going to be late. When we got to the city the event was in, there were thousands of people everywhere. It was hard to get into the um, event arena just to get my bib and um, officially registered and signed in and all of that. And then um, trying to find a place to eat and get back to the hotel and get everybody settled in, it was it was chaos. Um, but in light of all of that, I was still committed. I was still going to do it. And I, I'm sure my wife was frustrated. We were all kind of tired and worn out by the end of the night um, and trying to get everything sorted out. And then I had to get up really early in the morning. And because of traffic, um, I couldn't even drive in. And I didn't want to anyway because my wife needed the vehicle for the for her and the kids to come over to the race later when they got up. Um, and so the hotel had free shuttles lined up. And the shuttle that I got on, the guy went a different route to get to the entry. And just to give you a little perspective, this was at a Air Force base. And so security was pretty tight. And our driver tried to go in a back way that he knew because he was familiar. He lived in the area, tried to get us in a back way. And those security guards were not having it and told us that we needed to go to the front main entrance to get into the race and we tried to explain hey we're, we're gonna be late they didn't care <laughs> so driver turns around we're heading back through the thick of traffic you could see headlights and brake lights for miles everywhere there was no way in the world we were going to get in that main gate and so um me and a couple of the other runners that were in that shuttle just told the driver stop here and we're going to run through the field. And when we did, we actually saw other people doing the same thing. Everybody was, there was um, an opening in the fence and we were able to walk across this huge field uh, to get in. And so even through all of that, I was not going to say the heck with this and give up and go back to the hotel room or any of that. I had already paid. I already registered. I was committed to running that race no matter what at that point. So the easiest part for me for running a marathon is actually registering and paying the money. Now, the hardest part of committing to a marathon is the actual training. And I've done a, a couple of different marathons, and so I've tried a couple of different training methods. Uh, but I can tell you in my, my last marathon that I ran, it was the best training method for me, but it was also the hardest and the most time-consuming and the worst. But FYI, I PR'd in that marathon, so it was a success and worth it, and my next marathons will use the same method. But I can tell you there were many times where I was out on a 20-mile run on a Saturday morning, and, um, you know, I'm about maybe 11, 12, 13 miles in, and I'm, I'm getting pretty dog-tired at that point, but if I turned around, if it was 13 miles and I turned around, that meant the run was going to be 26 miles. If I kept going, I only had seven, seven left. So for me, when it comes to running uh, long races like that, and a marathon especially, it helps me if I could break down 
um, how many miles I've run and how far I have left to go. That helps me in my commitment level to know, listen, I'm at 13, I'm going 20, I'm past the halfway point, I'm committed. Um, I've only got seven miles to go, I can't even turn around now. But even honestly, on those long runs, and um, most of them were worth running buddies, somebody would drop us off at, a, at our starting point and then leave. So quite honestly, we're committed at that point because we're already out in the boonies and our car ride just left. Um, so the hardest part of committing to the marathon is the actual training. Um, but like I said, it was the best and the worst. It's the hardest. But when I finished the race, I PR'd and I felt fantastic about it. I realized that even though it was the hardest training method to commit to, it was the best one and it had the most benefit for me in the long run. And so that's some of it too, is our, our goals and how do we set our goals really affects our commitment levels. There are other reasons that our commitment level is affected. Um, and there, actually I'll start with, with the reasons that we fail to commit to things. I think that the first reason that we don't commit or we don't finish through is just the fear of failure. We're afraid of not completing it or not completing it satisfactorily or to the best of our ability or uh, to some um, unrealistic expectation that we have in our mind. I think we also um, decommit or decide not to even commit to begin with because we think whatever we're going to do will no longer be exciting or fun or fulfilling. That running 26 miles is just going to be boring. Maybe the first few, it's going to be exciting. The adrenaline's running, thinking, hey, I'm going to run 26 miles. But then you get going and you're in the thick of it and you're tired and you're sore and you're thirsty and your feet are starting to blister a little bit and your armpits are starting to chafe a little bit and you're thinking, man, this just isn't that fun. And then after a while, you know, a couple hours, three hours, four hours in, it could get boring. It's the same old thing. And so people will say that's not worth committing to. I think one of the, one of the biggest reasons that people will not commit, and I know this is a broad topic because we can talk about commitment as far as relationships, jobs, um, diets, exercising, um, personal growth and development, our income. There's all kinds of things that we can commit to, and each one is a little bit different in how we approach it. Um, but in all honesty, commitment still means the same thing, regardless of what we're committing to. But I think one of the biggest um, reasons people don't commit is because they're afraid of feeling trapped feeling like they're stuck, like they're going to be at a dead end, like this is all there is if I commit to this. And quite honestly, to me, that's probably one of the saddest reasons to not commit. I mean, if you've listened to me long enough or read any of my posts on Facebook, LinkedIn, any of that, you know that my whole mantra is that there are choices in life. We always have choices. And if you think, well, this is the this is the best it'll be. I'm going to be trapped. I'm going to be stuck here forever. You're not. 
It's not committing to something is not a, a, a trap. It's not a dead end road. Quite honestly, when we commit to things, I think it leads to freedom and I think it leads to release even in some aspects. And it'll show up, that freedom and that release shows up in different ways depending on what it is you're committing to, whether it's people or things or places or whatever it is, it'll show up in different ways. But commitment will lead to freedom and it leads to release. Commitment helps with goal setting and goal achieving. I think commitment also helps with prioritizing life. I'm telling you, if if nothing else, through the chaos of the pandemic of 2020 and 2021, the years of COVID, one of my biggest hopes for everybody, myself included, is that we learn to prioritize what really matters in life. That we've been um, awakened to the fact that we're not guaranteed tomorrow, that there are no promises in the world. And so commit to something and follow through with it and make the most of what matters. So if it's prioritizing your family, um, whether your your spouse and children or maybe your parents. I've, I've heard so many stories, and it does my heart such good to hear these, of um, people taking care of their elderly parents. Man, that just, that, that makes my heart so happy. People commit to their family and the, and the family becomes a priority. And there's that freedom and that release and the goal setting because somebody has prioritized their family. They've committed to their family. I love that. So I'm talking about commitment and, and some things of what holds us back and in reality, what are the good things about it? But let's just look at some definitions of commit and what it means to commit. One definition is it means to carry into action deliberately. It means to bind, to pledge to some particular course or use, to entrust To pledge oneself. Those are pretty cool definitions when you when you take a second and just think about it. It definitely involves being very intentional and very deliberate. The one definition says to carry into action deliberately. To commit to it. To carry into action deliberately. So being very intentional about what we do. Which means... When it comes to committing to things, you have to be very intentional on what you will commit to and what you will not commit to. You can probably relate to this because I think it happens everywhere. At least for me, I've realized it in different jobs, different volunteer areas. Some people will take on too many responsibilities because they can't say no. They don't want to say no. They don't want to be viewed as that guy or that girl. So they won't say no, and they commit to everything. 
and let's say there's 10 different tasks they're committed to and they get done okay. But if this person was only committed to maybe two or three of those tasks, those two or three would be done really well with excellence, with, with care, with attention to detail. But instead, they're doing 10 things and they can't keep up with all 10. They can get them done and they're okay. Just not as great as if we had three or four people committing to those 10 things, each one taking two or three things and committing rather than one person committing to 10. And so there's, there is a danger in over committing, but again, that goes back to being very intentional about you, what you will commit to. Saying yes to one thing means that you're going to say no to something else. And in full transparency, I'll just be honest with you and say that there have definitely been times in my life where I've committed to things that took precedence over my wife and kids, and we all suffered for it, Um, whether it's jobs or relationships, friendships, um, volunteering to coach sports, and just getting run down and not giving my wife and kids the attention they deserve and they need. And so Saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. And so if you're going to commit to something, you need to weigh it out and say, I'm going to intentionally and deliberately carry into this um, assignment or whatever it is I've committed to. If I say yes to that, then what does that mean I need to give up? Another perfect example is dieting. You commit to a diet, it means you're going to say yes to some things, which means you're going to have to say no to other things. And when it comes to counting calories and carbs and all of that, if you say yes to some things, then you need to say no to other things. And without going too far down the rabbit hole, let's just sit on that for a second. It's very easy for people to say, yeah, I can have this, but that means I can't have this. And and focus on that negative. Going back to the negative that I talked about earlier. (laughs) We quickly and easily are always drawn to the negative side of it. Whereas I would say that commitment is freeing because you're going to choose deliberately, intentionally, the healthier foods that make your body feel better, that make your brain perform better, overall, long term, has a positive growth effect on you. And so that's freeing and that's, that's a release. And so hopefully that example makes sense, uh, the value of committing and being intentional on it. And so let me just share with you another story. This one um, is a, um, an experience that I witnessed while running in a marathon. So one thing that I do, I don't know if other runners are like this, but in a big race, when there's a lot of people around, I will use people around me to kind of help set my pace. I'll get into my rhythm. I'll figure out my pace, um, but if there's somebody running faster, I'll use that person somewhat as my lead that I can't get too far from that person. I need to stay close. Or if my pace is good and I can see that I'm catching up with somebody, then my my goal is I need to pass that person. I'm, my pace is faster than theirs. I can't stay behind them. I need to pass them and keep going. And so I use other people to kind of help with my pace. Um, Sometimes the faster ones help 
push me. Um, sometimes I'll feel <laughs> good if I slow down just a tad so the person behind me catches up and I can run with them for a few minutes until I kind of get catch my breath, re-energize, get refocused, and then I can take off again. And so I use people around me to kind of help with the pace. When one of my races, I noticed the person up ahead of me, I was kind of using them as a pace. My goal was to catch that person. Um, but I noticed as I was watching them and then, I don't know, looking around, looking down, um, kind of zoning out a little bit. When I looked back at that person, I was getting a little bit closer, but I also noticed the color of this person's shorts had changed from a light bluish color to a darker, scarier color. And then I realized this person's level of commitment because the person in front of me had obviously released their bowels and uh, just let it all go. So maybe where that that's the, the commitment leads to freedom and release. This runner released and just let it all go instead of stopping at a porta potty or behind a tree or something, just let it go while the person was running. <laughs> and I just thought, man, that's a whole nother level of commitment. Like I, I'm committed to running this marathon, um, but I'm not committed to having a bodily function in my pants. Just being honest with you, I'll stop behind a tree. I'll find somewhere to go, or I'm going to hold it and uh, hope that it goes away. And so, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, um, that's one of those things I can just never forget. And maybe you've done that. I've, I've heard of people that do that. They're so committed to the race and they're so committed to finishing in a specific time that they're not going to stop for three or four minutes to go to the bathroom. So if that's you and you're listening to this, you might be saying, hey, I've got a condition or, hey, uh, my stomach didn't feel well or something happened medically. Uh, all right, I give you a pass on that. Um, and kudos to you to keep running like that. That Again, either way, that is commitment on a whole nother level. So I, I want you to think about things that you've committed to in the past, but you couldn't quite finish it. Either things burned out, you gave up, maybe you burnt out, um, wore out, whatever the situation was. But I want you to reflect on it. What did you say you were going to commit to? It didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? I want you to take some time to think about what was it that stopped you from fully committing to whatever that was, whether it was a diet, relationship, um, maybe achieving a certificate, maybe your schooling, a degree, your job, a promotion, a new job, any of that. You were committed to it, but then you gave up on it. What, what was the reason that you gave up? Why did that happen? And I don't say it in a judgmental convicting way i want you to hear that i'm saying this in a way of encouragement that i want you to truly reflect on it so that you can recognize what happened and accept it so that you can commit to the next thing and actually see it all the way through 
which leads me to the next thing I want you to reflect on. I want you to reflect on the thing or things that you're ready to commit to right now. I shared that if you say yes to one thing, that means you need to say no to something else. So as you reflect on what it is you're ready to commit to today, you're ready to say yes to something. What does it mean that you're going to have to say no to? Because I think it's important that you identify it and recognize it right now so that when it happens, you're able to say, this was a part of the plan. I knew this was a part of the plan. This is acceptable. But at the same time, you have to, you really have to uh, weigh that yes and that no. Is saying yes to this one thing that you're going to have to say no to something else. Is that no that you're saying to, is it going to be okay that you're saying no to it? With food, it's a little easier. With education, it gets a little harder. With relationships, it can be very hard. So you really need to weigh those things out. And so I thought I would take just a few minutes here just to kind of share with you what does commitment look like to me? And again, it might come off um, wrong or it might come off weird, but... I think commitment has to be for me or it has to be for the good of others. So when I say it has to be for me, running the marathon isn't for somebody else's pleasure. My wife doesn't get pleasure out of me spending weeks running day and night um, and then going to this marathon, spending hours to watch me run. That's a me thing. Other things that I commit to won't be just for me. They'll be for my family. There will be things that I commit to for the good of my family. Spending time at home. Spending time going to their sporting events. Spending time going to their music events. Spending time going to their academic events. Um, working hard in my job. We all work because we make money. Money pays bills. And so, like you, I've had jobs in the past that I don't didn't especially like, but it didn't mean I hated them either. They were good. They helped me achieve the goal of paying bills and taking care of my family and making sure that we had insurance and that we could, my kids and my wife had everything they needed, most times everything or a lot of what they want um, to take care of them. And that happens. And so when I say, what does commitment look like to me? It has to be for me or it has to be for the good of others, specifically my family. One thing I have learned about commitment is that it can't be equated with perfection. And I think that could be a reason that people won't commit because things won't be perfect. My diet won't be perfect. I'm going to cheat and give up. Um, 
my job won't be perfect. My income won't be perfect. My relationship won't be perfect. I think too often, quite possibly, commitment gets tied in with perfection. And, and there's when it comes to these things, there is no perfection. We grow up here and practice makes perfect, but I've also learned later in life, practice doesn't make perfect. There is no perfect. If practice made perfect, Michael Jordan would have stopped practicing long before he retired. You could say that about any major athlete. They were so good where they were, they didn't need the practice anymore because they were so far above everybody else. Babe Ruth didn't need to take batting practice before a game, but he did it. Um, and not because it made perfect, but because practice makes us better. And so I think if we shift our idea of perfection maybe to excellence, I think you will always get better and you'll see yourself getting better from practice. Strive for excellence, not perfection. And when it comes to committing for things, it's not striving for perfection, it's striving for excellence. Knowing that each step of the way is getting better. So that's a glimpse of what commitment looks like to me. Your definition might be a little bit different because I think commitment, although the definition is the same, can show up in different ways. So I want to thank you for being with me today. Thanks for pondering on commitment, what it is you want to commit to. Think of those things in your life and let me challenge you to choose the path that will make all the difference.